Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey there. So uh, for those who are unaware, which should be most people, and if you're not, if you are very aware that Dom is actually going on vacation, <laughs> please do stalk him that hard. <clears throat> no, but um, we're talking about like flights and stuff, whatever. Uh, yeah. That that flight, that was... Um, it was like it was early. I think it was like seven o'clock, and uh, my mom wanted me to get there super early. Yeah. So it it but it was one way from here to Philadelphia. Okay. And yeah, I think boarding was like seven. She wanted me to go like five, and I'm like, it's not gonna be that like that long. But, and I I was kind of late anyways. I like, I think we got there like five thirty something, but it was like super chill. Up until, you know, we get to the gate and nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And honestly, I think it was like five, it was like 640 something. <clears throat> and they're like, <clears throat> yeah, it's all the way on the other side of the gate or, or on the other side of the airport. So we're like, fuck. So everyone, like, I want to say, honestly, like a third of the plane was waiting there. So we're going, we're going, and I'm like, fuck. So like... It's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to run in the thing, but I'm, like, trying to rush. And I'm like, okay, 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 blah, blah, blah. I take that, like, elevator or that, um, that like, uh, moving that escalator. escalator thingy. Yeah. And um, but I'm, like, walking fast and stuff like that. Then that was, like, fucking in my head because I'm moving. But I'm like, whoa, whoa. <clears throat> and I get there and all this stuff, right? Then, like, as I'm getting off that thing and getting, like, about to turn into the terminal there's like three carts with passengers and they pass by me and it's passengers from our thing from our old oh, gate are to you there. Serious? yeah and i was like you fucking kidding me so i'm like literally one of the last if not the last person on the plane and i'm like sweating and i'm like oh, fuck. Oh, fucking she's like oh you almost missed it she's like we're like they're literally holding the the door and she's like but we knew blah blah, blah. and i was like they still like, didn't say anything. She's like, yeah, we know. Like, she's trying to be nice, but also like, hey, we almost left what? you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I get to my seat and all this stuff. And like, the worst part about it is like, I'm um, like super fucking sweaty. And and by, by the way, uh, me and it's me and Junior, but we're on different flights. So I believe he's leaving either left before me or after me. I can't really remember but we were gonna meet no it was after because we were gonna meet at the hotel <clears throat> i booked the hotel so whatever so <clears throat> i get there and all this stuff and i'm like fucking sweating and i'm sitting next to the most beautiful woman and her most beautiful daughter really? and i'm like um excuse me can i yeah can I? she's like oh yeah no problem finally like i relax and all this stuff and Whatever, and the rest of the flight's good. I get to Philadelphia; it's good, and all that stuff. Do you have right? a nonstop flight? Yeah, it was one way, just one one way. So, I I actually did fall asleep for like an hour, <clears throat> and um, see, I'm scared to fall asleep because I feel like I'm gonna start snoring. Oh well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna be like, um, "Sir, like, are you okay? Are you um, do you have demons inside you need to be exercised? Huh? What? 
No, I fell asleep. <laughs> um, can I not sit next to him? No, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that was fine. Um, and uh, <laughs> oh, Junior had trouble finding the air, not the airport, the uh, the uh, the hotel because uh-huh. you know they had a, a shuttle. Yeah. Um, and I was like. Literally, the shuttle just says mm-hmm. blah 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 yeah. blah, and it will take you right there. Straight, straight to the hotel. Yeah, he gets on the wrong shuttle. Of course he does. Um, but the guy on there was like, "Hey, let me." He's like, "Stay on here, and I'll just whip back right here." He was like, "I could, I could drop you off because there's like a couple of different hotels, yeah, yeah. and there's one shuttle that goes to." So he flew separate from you. Yeah. Well, because. I told him I was gonna go, and then he like wanted to go, but he didn't buy his ticket. So I was waiting for him and waiting for him. And then he got last minute he bought it. And yeah, and I was like, "Why didn't you tell me?" He's like, "Oh, I thought you bought your ticket." I was like, "I literally said I was waiting for you. I literally said I was waiting for you." So I ended up paying a little bit more than I wanted to, but it wasn't that bad. Okay. My the the trip to Seattle was fucking stupid, except for the end kind of, because that was like. I was looking for a fly, looking for a fly, looking for a fly, and it was like expensive, expensive. It was more than what I paid for uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. So, finally, like I was like, "Fuck it!" I bought the bought, bought the um, ticket and all this stuff and blah blah blah, and I had to get it uh, a connecting flight and all that, whatever. Yeah, um, way over. And it was like it was fine, but um, on the way back. We stopped at uh, Oakland, and oh okay, yeah, and and that scared the fuck out of me because we stopped, and my flight was like twenty minutes after, but it was also like on like, the other side, yeah, like on the other side. I, but as soon as we landed, um, it said like that the the plane wasn't there yet or something. Yeah, so it got delayed. Yeah, so we That's get scary. there. So we end up, but then we end up waiting almost two hours. And it was like, ugh. That's what happened with um, the flight back from um, Florida. And we when we stopped in Houston, we we took all that time to get all the way across. Because we were like, we're, we need to get, because we're only going to have like half an hour to, to wait. We got to get there. We're not going to make it. Then the flight was delayed. Yeah. So we had an extra hour. Um, no, actually what happened was they broke up our flights. So um, or I guess Arizona was going to be a connecting flight. But then the people that uh, there are some people that moved, and then so we waited for another plane. But the cool part, like the shitty part, was that we waited like over two hours. The cool part was that there was almost no one there. But then the shitty part was that <laughs> even though like the, like it was very scarce, the one guy had to sit at the end of my row, and like I, I like I was chilled back and stuff, and he was like. Hey man, he's like an older white guy talking about like, yeah, I grew up in Arizona, end up here, and I'm just like, uh huh. And it's like it's late, it's you yeah. know, and and then the shittiest part was like I was gonna fly in, and then uh, have my friend pick me up and take me to the show the show at like 51 West, but literally it was so late that by the time we got there the show ended. Aww. Uh, but it was it was kind of cool because like. 
it was like kind of it was late there wasn't a lot of people except for that guy but he ended up falling asleep he got drunk and fell asleep <laughs> um but i had the seat next to me like he was like it's kind of stationary so i was like kind of laid out and stuff like that and i was like this isn't that bad but it just was like man flying that's why i think like now i'm 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 like okay if I can't, if I have to fly, like, I want to be able to get, like, a nice seat. Yeah. And, like, a good time to fly. Well, see, the bad thing is <clears throat> we're flying out southwest. So I already know the seat's going to be terrible. But the good thing is we're coming back JetBlue because they give you an option. So there's either the, the regular seats, which my sister showed me them. They actually look like they're made for me. Um, but then they also have like a like a even more like like extra space like seats that we could have got. But I was like, ah, I don't need that. Like if the seats are already enough, like to where I don't have to feel like I'm like in the like my like my my mom's car. Like I literally like get in there <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, how do I get out now? Yeah, I think I I think I flew United the first time. Can't I can't even remember, but. Yeah, it was like it was pretty comfortable. Like the seats were big and everything, and it was fine. But yeah, the the way back was yeah southwestern because it's like the the bus of the sky. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so that's exactly how it feels too. Yeah, so that's why I was like at first I was like ugh, but then I was lucky because I almost had a whole row. That guy just fucking moved. <clears throat> oh my but, god, that that reminds yeah. me of when we were coming back from um, we got on the plane from Houston and we're um, flying and well oh well I get into my seat right because there's like literally no one on the plane so we each get like our own row I get I get like comfortable and stuff and then this dad and this like and this kid come and they I'm not joking like you know like when there's like empty like the the whole thing's empty except for maybe like one or two seats yeah. that's how the whole plane was and he comes to my row and is like oh can we sit here like because i thought more people were going to get on so i was like yeah and then like as we're like bored like no one else comes on i'm like what the f are you serious like dude so i like i get up and i go to the next row because i'm like i'm not gonna sit here like squish like like of all the rows to like sit like why like i don't understand why people do that yeah um I, I can't remember what flight it was, but I I did that where I got up and I moved because I was like, hey, can I can I just, I'm gonna go sit over there and I'm like, oh okay, um, I can't remember what flight it was, but because <clears throat> um, I was like kind of towards the back and there was like three rows where there was no one sitting and I had people you know right here in front of me behind me, so I was like, I'm just gonna fucking sit there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even remember. I don't remember coming back from Philadelphia though, so I don't even remember how that one was. But yeah, flying's interesting. I like honestly, I, if I had to fly, like if I have to fly again, like yeah, I would try to look for like a business seat or something. Where especially the ones where they're like only two yeah. per seat, so it's like if I have to sit next to someone, it's just one person. But whatever. Let's let's talk about more stuff in the news. This is the fucking news. Maybe you might have heard this, but um, I, I think it's still called the Batman, right? Uh, with Robert Pattinson as Batman. 
They just announced that Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman, which is going to be amazing. I I think that would be awesome because, like, I mean, one is Zoe Kravitz, but two, like, it, ca- it kind of harkens back to, like, the, um, like, 60s Batman, and then, like, it's kind of like a, like, like, what if Halle Berry did, like, a good job as Catwoman? <laughs> but um, she was saying that um, that she was turned away from The Dark Knight Rises because I guess she auditioned for, for that against Anne Hathaway for being too urban. <laughs> Just coded word for black. But also, um, I know Jonah Hill was um, offered a role as a villain. People weren't 100% sure who he was going to be. I think everyone assumed he was going to play, like, the Penguin or something. But I guess he is, like, 100% set. Like, he completely dropped out of it. But some people were saying how, like, they might be in talk, like, with Seth Rogen. Because, you know, Seth Rogen is just a, a skinnier version of Jonah Hill. I think we... <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we talked about a little a little bit about some of the casting. Um, I will say that I do like those actors, mm-hmm. but... I'm still so unsure about it. Like, I, I don't know how to feel. Like, I love how they're casting, but it's like, it could, it, it honestly feels like it could go either way. I know. Because we know Robert Pattinson can do really well drama. Yeah. Yes. But also, I think he all, he has like that. That thing about him where it's like, oh, but we can also put him in a blockbuster. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Same thing with Zoe Kravitz. It's like, yeah, you could probably see her in, in that role, but also it's like, yeah, she's kind of like, she's like this super sexy, like, cat woman, and she's like sassy. And Seth Rogen, I mean, he is mostly known for his comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean... He did did he did a fifty fifty which got pretty real That's at true. times and uh, funny people was it funny people yeah funny people funny people so I mean I feel like it's it could like I don't know it's 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 now if the rumors are true that Jonah Hill was gonna be Penguin do you think they would stick with him being Penguin or do you think they'd try and cast him as someone else That's what I'm saying like I I. It, it's interesting to see what he plays because he could play some silly, quirky Mad Hatter. Or, but I just don't want them to do like a, like a try and do him as like the Riddler, and it's just like, yeah, I'm the Riddler. <laughs> oh, I can't do his laugh, but you know how I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh wait, no, that's Santa. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I. I'm not saying it's bad. No. Like, at like at all. I mean, <clears throat> we're so excited for The Lighthouse to come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That has fucking... Uh, I was going to say Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Who? I was going to say Willem Dafoe, but... Uh, <laughs> that actually be pretty funny. Willem Dafoe as <laughs> the Batman. Um, no, but it has Pattinson, Pattinson in it, so... Like, <clears throat> he's... I know what he can do. Uh, really, yeah. out of all these people, Seth Rogen's the only one that it's like questionable because that that also is like, are they actually going for like a silly kind of comedy? I don't know. See, that's what I that I don't I don't understand what they're trying to do with this because, and then th- does this have to? 
This isn't going to tie in with the other stuff they're doing, right? I don't think so. It's they they make everything so confusing like all the time. Yeah. Um but I do like that um they got Jeffrey Wright to play um Commissioner Gordon cuz I feel like yeah, you know what? Like why can't we make Commissioner Gordon black, right? Or like That's another one. It's like is he going to play super serious? Or is he going to kind of be more lighthearted? Yeah, because I could see him be a little bit wacky in the role. But then at the same time, like, I could see him being super serious. Because there's times where he's, like, super serious in roles. And you're like, oh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, this, this, this casting is the most confusing I've ever been. I know that we always talk about. Heath Ledger and the Joker or whatever. Yeah. But from the get-go, you knew what Batman was going to be. And that's why people were so like, what? This pretty boy is going to be like the Joker or oh, what? But like, Batman's so serious and like cool. Yeah. And like, oh man. So no one really expected him to be that good. Yeah, and then it was the opposite with Jared Leto, because everyone was like, he's so oh, good. He's oh, man. Artist. He won an Oscar. And then you, you see what he does, and you're like, that was fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but the the but the craziest part is, like, it, it honestly it can go either, way. Go either way. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's not like you're, you're casting Daniel Day-Lewis to play... Uh, the, the Riddler or something. Oh, my God. Just imagine that, though. Like, his method acting of him playing the Riddler. Like, But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you were to do that, you would be like, You know what to expect. Wait, so this is going to get fucked up, isn't it? Like, Yeah. Uh, or, or Joaquin Phoenix doing the Joker. Yeah. And people okay. are like, mm. oh, shit. Okay. I Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, even though we know that he can be funny. But you know, we know we know he can be serious and fucked up. Yeah. So it's not like that it, because it <laughs> with the cast, it was like I can't decide what they're going for. It's so confusing. I mean, honestly, it is. A, it's a good cast so far. Yeah. And it would be interesting to see. What, like I said, it it's going to be interesting to see. What happens when we get these set photos and we get more information, maybe even like a, a teaser trailer or something, you know, mm. then we could be like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be bad. I'm not saying it's going to be great. I'm just kind of super curious on it. So jumping ahead of the lighthouse, Robert Eggers um, has said that his next film after obviously the lighthouse and um the witch uh will be called uh the northman which is going to be set in the 10th century about um it's a viking revenge drama uh the northman is set in iceland at the turn of the the 10th century the script centers around a nordic prince who sets out on a mission of revenge after his father is murdered so it's going to star um alexander skarsgard um, well, oh, he's in talks to play the prince so far. Um, other cast members being eyed for roles include his brother, Bill Skarsgård. So you know he's going to play some kind of like demon or, or yeah, or creep or asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe. So you know he's going to play some kind of creep or demon or monster probably. Uh, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy. So it's he. 
He's like rounding up uh, all the people he's worked with, and he's like, he's like, who's the whitest I could get? <laughs> that is the whitest. <laughs> cast. He's like, it is Viking. So, uh, this on. I just want to say with the conversation we had last week, this just goes to show you that film, filmmaking, everyone, part of it, whatever, they're pushing their game up so high because, like we said. Never in a million years did we think that we'd want to sit and watch these period pieces. Exactly. But there's people like him who are going out of the way to make this stuff exciting. Where it's like, we're literally waiting for a period piece about Vikings. And it's like, I don't give a fuck about Vikings. Like, yeah. I never gave a fuck about no. Vikings. But when, when you say that Robert Eggers, the director of The Witch, is going to be bringing that to us, you know it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And it... It's just like, that's just something I want to bring up because we talked about it last week and, and like, what is, what's art, what's film, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, not to shit talk you, Mr. Scorsese, but you can never do that for yeah. me. Like, the Irishman, everyone's talking about it. I'm probably not going to watch it because I don't really give a shit about movies. I do like Casino. I'll probably end up watching it, but I'll probably, it's probably, I, I bet it's probably going to be good. It's going to be fine. But it's probably not going to be like good. I bet you like like the lighthouse. I from what I hear, it might be like a favorite from last year, where it's like that might come in and people are going to be like, oh yeah. Um, and I will give you credit on making the careers of uh, Dropkick Murphys. But other than that, <laughs> it just it's like it's he's never really been my cup of tea. But. You know, knowing what he said about that, and knowing that he's not the only person who thinks this way, obviously. Yeah. And we talked about some pretty, you know, famous directors who <laughs> have some pretty crazy things to say about filmmaking these days. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. And it just, like, it goes to show that they can do these things, and we're so excited. And, and sure, you could say, like, well, because you're getting older, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, because we still find things super funny that we used to find things when we were like 16 mm. super funny and we as much as we have matured and we've grown and we've you know learned how to be better human beings sure we're still like you know <laughs> immature little shits yes. so the fact that we can get these movies from these creators like this where he hasn't even released the lighthouse yet and we're so stoked on it. And then not only that, but then he tells us he's making this uh, Viking period piece. And it's like, fuck yeah. yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, Cause it's, you know, yeah, because it's like, if you do, I don't even see it's like I, I, like, I don't even have the words for it. Because, like, you see The Witch and you know, and you watch, like, the behind the scenes and you know how accurate he got to, to where a historian, like, walks on set and is like, this is all like completely accurate. Like there's like all the nails that you use are like, comp like no one sees those things. And yet you built it to like, to be that accurate. But it also is interesting to see. It's kind of like what we said with like Ari Aster, um, where them branching out and to do like a, a genre that they don't normally do or like, um, what's his name? From It Follows, like, he did It Follows, right? And then he did Under the Silver Lake, and it's they're two completely, like, <laughs> like different movies. and But yet they're both, like, really good movies. And 
it's just like I just can't wait to see like what other things they do and like I love that he's instead of yeah it does still feel like a period piece but like it's more of a dramatic period piece rather than like horror and also it goes to show like we're not the only ones who really feel this way because when we saw the witch it was I would say it was kind of diversive or mm-hmm. um divisive because there was people like us who were like, that's awesome. Even though we know that it was kind of a weird historical movie that had like witches in it. But then there was those people that were just regular, you know, moviegoers are like, that sucked. Oh, I waste my money on that. Oh, so stupid and white. I'm going to go home and say that the N word with the heart ER like all night. (laughs) But then also like, the we when we knew that he was making the lighthouse, we were super stoked, mm. and we didn't even care who was casting it because we were like awesome. So this whole time we were kind of waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Then everyone else started catching up, and they're like, "Hey, this guy's actually pretty good." And now it's actually proven where he's getting. I mean, look at what he's able to do, and look at the people he's able to get now. And, and it, it's like it's crazy. And not only that, now look at how many people have turned around on the witch, and they're like, "Oh, it's such a brilliant like masterstroke of like horror." And it's like, no, you didn't say that when it came out. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like it. It's cool to see, like, how, how, like, to see where he's come from, and see how that movie was like his starting off point of like, hey, this is what I'm able to do. Yeah. And now, like I said, now Hollywood's Hollywood has caught up, and they're able to say like, hey, we believe in you. We're gonna, you're gonna let you, let you make this movie, and we're gonna give you, you know, like this. Uh, I'm not, I don't know how much, how much the budget is, but I'm gonna say it's probably pretty cool. But I mean, you know, he he can work with like really big actors now, and it's crazy because you know at the time, Anya Taylor Joy was not that very well known, if known at all, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I just think that it's super cool, especially for someone like him, who has like a really unique vision and you know all the time you hear about like these amazing directors these steven spielberg's these stanley kubrick's and no i was gonna say what's his uh uh the one we were just talking about (laughs) my scorsese's like you hear these you know these these directors and they say oh because they have this amazing vision oh they can do this and blah 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 but yet like it's so easy to to kind of brush these people under the rug right now because oh they're new and oh well we don't know how it is and it's like but look at what this guy is able to pull off on his like first real movie and now people are like they can't believe it like they're like oh this is amazing and uh, same thing with like look at look at how big hereditary took like took the horror film or the horror genre by storm. I mean, even obviously uh, Jordan Peele, a guy who people just said he's a comedian, and then he makes this amazing horror film. People are like, "What? Well, it's crazy." But yet, you know, we still have old Hollywood saying like, "Well, these guys aren't the real deal." What are you talking about? Oh, they made one good movie. Oh, whatever. This is not. It's. It's. I just think it's. I honestly, I think it's super cool just to see not only him but a lot of these directors that we've been following now for a few years mm. and and it's just it's kind of exciting to know like hey we're gonna be those old guys you're like remember remember when the witch came out uh, yeah, that was yeah. good yeah. that was film yeah that, that was good 
new old no wait new new old hollywood i don't remember anymore you are the best young lady that he has brought home to meet us also the only one dad not tying exemplifies the strength of a troop or family how come dad doesn't have to help with couponing because your father has his own hobbies. You know about that clovage stuff, right? Ten official victims. No fingerprints, no blood. Just the clovage tied to every victim's house. I've been meaning to talk to you. You know we're made in God's image. But men like you and me, we got thoughts. I don't think he stopped killing. I think there's more than 10 victims. You can't control what pops into your head, right? He has pictures. I mean, what if a thought popped into your head right now? A bad thought. Does that look like your father's handwriting? Something like grabbing one of these tools and wham! There. Awkward talk with dad. Over. You think your dad is Clovich? I don't know. Will the Something's not now. Something bad. He's insane. It's my dad. Maybe you don't know what a normal dad is like. She's manipulating you. going almost there bud the glow hitch killer is a 2018 horror suspense film starring Dylan McDermott as Don, a middle-aged family man who has a dark secret. Ten years after the infamous Clove Hitch killings, new suspicion arises as a young boy Tyler, played by Charlie Plummer, starts to add up all the weird and creepy things his dad does. When Tyler sneaks out one night to try and hook up with a local girl, he finds a disturbing picture in his father's car. Thinking it's his, the girl asks to be taken home, and all his classmates start to call him a perv. Freaked out by what he saw, Tyler starts to sneak around his dad's belongings, leading him to find a Polaroid of a girl in bondage. Freaked out, he reaches out to Cassie, a town outcast for her dying infatuation with the Clovehitch murders. As Tyler starts to find out more about the murders, Cassie thinks he's just silly saying his dad can never be the killer. But when he crawls into the house, he finds a room with a ton of belongings, such as drawn out map pictures and a handful of random IDs. But before he can tell Cassie, his dad has pulled them away to an unplanned camping trip and tells Tyler that he knows what he found. He goes on to tell Tyler that those things are, in fact, belongings of the Clovehitch killer, who he says is his vegetable uncle, telling him that the accident that he got into was because of the guilt that he felt about the murders. Believing in what he has said, 
He tells his dad that he must get rid of everything. So when they head home, they burn everything, also trying to avoid Cassie at all costs. Tensions are high when Cassie confronts Tyler about being gone, telling her what happened and how they burned everything up. A few days pass and the money that his family didn't have at first comes through for Tyler to go on a scout's trip. As well as his sister and his mom visiting her mom up north, it's here we see the true workings of Don and what he does when he's alone. All adding up to reveal that he is in fact the killer, getting ready to kill again, already with the victim picked out. But as all this is happening, Tyler sneaks off the bus and stays with Cassie as they spy on his dad. When they realize that he's already at the house of the new victim, tensions are high as Tyler holds his dad at gunpoint and Don trying to talk his way out. Cassie tries to take Don's gun and gets knocked out. When Tyler finally gives up the gun to his dad, Don takes a shot, but no bullet is loaded. They fight to the ground until Cassie wakes up and smashes Don's head in with a lamp. As she goes to make the call for 911, Tyler stops her. We cut to a while after and find that Don is missing and found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. We are shown what Tyler and Cassie did to Don, placing a gun to his head as he takes his final ceremony for his scouts and giving a haunting speech about his dad. The Clove Hitch Killer, a Dylan McDermott picture. <laughs> Ding! So, Dom... Mm-hmm. Seeing as we watch this movie, yes, as we do, uh-huh. watch. Could movies. you go ahead and tell me what you thought about said movie? Um, it's it's pretty good because it really builds like tension really well. Like especially like at first you kind of are like, what am I watching? And like oh, it's a bunch of like Christians just like showing you their way of life, and you're like, oh my god, these must be Mormons or something. But then, like, as it goes, and you, you know, like, the kid's, like, worried about being, like, a perv, even though everyone out there should know, like, you don't kink shame people, um, no matter what, if that is their kink or not, but you shouldn't, like, at all. But I I love the way that, like, you're, you're, you're meant to, because I, I think... I think when you see it, you're like, he's the ki- he's the killer, he-, he is the killer, and then you're you're thinking more and more, and you're going along the lines like with Cassie, and she's like, no, he can't be, and you're like, okay, maybe he's not, and like they build that tension really well too, especially when he takes him camping too, because that's at the point too where you're still like not sure, and like, uh, like it's just so easy, like he has that gun too, where it's like he could just so easily like be like. Pow. And then pull a Dick Cheney and be like, oh, yeah, it was an accident. Right. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell him to say sorry to me? Yeah, yeah have him apologize <laughs> to me. Um, and then then when they show you, like, that he is basically BTK, and, like, you're like, oh, shit. And then, like, even when he's, like, in the house and you're, even, like, even when he's, like, oh, my back, like, oh, uh, you're like, is that, like, part of the act? Or is that, like, he's just getting old? I, I think it's just because he's getting old. But, but, the, but like, the whole thing is that he's, like, there because he's, like, he robbed a bank. And so I feel like it's, like, he could be, like, oh, oh, my back, oh. You know what I mean? To kind of downplay so where she could think she could, like, run away from him. And then you get the, like, even bigger twist where, like, he didn't go on the bus like we thought he did. 
and he's been like tracking his dad the whole time and he like saw and he's like oh yeah my dad's the clovich killer <laughs> um but see, like that's what i really liked is that the tension was just so like it was there throughout the like the whole movie and it like stretched it even more like even closer to the end when you're like dang <clears throat> and he and he has the gun at him and he like it's like that's your son. You're just gonna kill your <laughs> fucking son like that, and he just pulls the trigger, and it's like click. Yeah, I tried to watch this movie with quote unquote fresh eyes because we obviously we know uh, like a good amount about serial killers, and yeah, it is obviously. What if I made a movie about BTK but yeah. not put BTK in it? Yeah. Which I give them credit because they could easily try to do a BTK movie. That's true, and it just would have been like, ugh. But the fact that they went ahead and just took all this stuff and then made it like fictional. Yeah. I think it, it's a lot easier to digest because they're not the real victims. He's not a real person. You yeah. know, you're not whatever. <clears throat> but I wanted to go along and say he wasn't the killer because it was too obvious, right? Yeah. And so when he when he curved him with the uncle, yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's it." And so what I was thinking what I was thinking was that they that it was gonna be like his uncle Rid really did do it because they had a fucked up childhood and that he's into like this weird bondage and stuff and that his brother like him and his brother got into it except for his brother actually went and killed people. He just went and blah blah blah. So literally as it's going and I'm like, Yeah, he's not the killer. He can't be the killer. He can't be the killer. He can't be the killer. And I'm like Ugh. Yeah, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I thought they were going to curve that way. Where You're right. Where they're trying to like slowly move you, then move you, then move you, and move you. So when you think that, oh, that's it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, what they did was super, it was awesome because they did try to curve it like, no, that's just your dad. He's just a corny, weird guy, like yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and they give like... They literally give you all of this stuff so where it's like of course, like 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 we said, as soon as they did the the thing at the um memorial, it's like, yeah, of course like he would be there because, you know, they like to go back and blah blah blah. And and it was just like there was a lot of things that if you knew this stuff, you obviously were like, Of course, of course. But yeah. even knowing it, I was still like, Nah, he can't be the killer. Yeah. Nah, they're gonna change it. Who's yeah, because happen? It really was like at the beginning. You're like, this is a little too on the nose. Yeah, but I like the way that they did it, though. Like they still made it interesting, like that that it was him, and then they even give you an, an even more interesting like twist on it, where it's like they decide to take action against him. Although it's like, did you guys have to wait till he like started victimizing, like into the victim? <laughs> It's like no, yeah, that's, that's what we know that he's, he's actually. Like, well, let, let, let's wait till the kicking stops a little bit. Honestly, I I was kind of hoping for this type of movie, and it's exactly what I got. It was literally a way of saying, "How can we make this BTK movie without making a BTK movie?" But it was interesting because it still showed a lot of the stuff that you know he was known for. Yeah. Um. And and one thing that I really loved that. <laughs> I think made us laugh is when he was talking to the cop and he's like, Oh yeah, you got the yeah. four gen? Oh yeah, I, oh it's a really good gun. That's like, yeah, god damn it. He of course he's a serial killer. Yeah. 
Like uh, he he literally did everything like a serial killer did would do. Yeah. Like he talks to cops. He goes back to like the memorial. He he like um he had all the like the trophies that the the ID cards. Like oh man, and then too like when you're when you're still like. When you figure out that he is the the killer, when she's like lucky, because that's what the um, it said in some, um, what was it, some transcript or something that she yeah. said. He, he got he a said, phone call or a letter or phone yeah, call from or something. Lucky or something, and then that's what, like it was literally like right after he helped him burn all like the yeah the that's stuff and, that that part was just like because as he's like first of all as he's burning it it. It it was like that sinking feeling of like, you are such a fucking idiot. No wonder that girl didn't have sex with you in the beginning. Yeah. She, it wasn't because she thought you were you know you're maybe too kinky. It was because she's like, no, this guy's probably a fucking idiot. Yeah. And yeah, and then yeah, when when he says that, it's just like it's like a double like, oh my god, because now you know you don't have any evidence. Yeah. Because. Even if it was the brother, like to protect your bro- oh, brother or whatever, it's like I would say though, like for I, I honestly I thought it was gonna be a little bit shittier. Yeah, me but too. I uh, Dylan McDermott kills it as oh, a yeah. creepy daddy. I, I love that he plays it. Yeah, that he plays it so like. Oh, I'm just a Christian dad. Yeah, like, like on so the cheesy. nose. Yeah, like he's he plays it so <laughs> well, and then he plays that creepy like serial killer like so well like yeah. i'm 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 glad he also too like was like in the like in the dress and everything and like taking the pictures of himself <laughs> um but the the kid the son did really well thinking that the whole movie is just a fucking pussy yeah. like honestly the whole movie it's just like he's super timid and and you you feel like he was never gonna be the hero of the story Mm-mm. because he just he didn't have that in him and then even at the end like that's what i really liked at the end is he pulls the gun and i'm like something's gonna happen because he's not and then sure enough like he goes and he pulls the trigger and i'm like oh shit and then he tries attacking him and stuff like that and and uh yeah it was honestly it was really good acting in this movie which probably didn't need to be that good yeah but this on what I can say about this movie is that this is better than what you think it's going to be. Yeah, because you just hear the Clove Hitch Killer and you're just like, what? Yeah, especially if someone's like, yeah, they basically just took the BTK story and then made like a, a fake movie about wait, it. Wait, what's what's BTK? So there's this guy. Oh my God, you sit there and explain it. <laughs> um, Why are we watching this? The, the interesting thing too is with the girl's story, mm. as I feel like some people might be like, oh, that's weird, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that happened to BTK, mm. where he didn't kill those kids. That were, He did kill, I think he ended up killing some kids. Yeah, but he didn't kill all of them. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, he like hit him, he hit him away or something like that. And it was like, and that's so crazy, because I remember you were like, wait, did they explain all this stuff? And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I know they did it. I was waiting for it, but you're like, what did I miss? Because right away you knew that she had something to do with the murders in some way, right? Mm. And so you think, like, I, I think it was really cool is that there's a certain point where you think that that he killed both her the parents or yeah. something, but then you're like, wait, her dad's still alive? 
Yeah, because I, w- I wasn't sure because I think you told me, like, oh, yes. They explained her parents are dead. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then, uh, and then like, they say that her mom left or whatever. But then it's like, no, he, you know, he's like, just because, like, other serial killers, there's people who they always want to tie these certain killings to certain serial killers, but they don't really have the evidence or the bodies or whatever. So just like with um, Ted Bundy, there was that, like, a, a, allegedly he killed, like, a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, one of his first killings ever was a 14-year-old girl. But it's not proven, and, you know, they don't really have evidence, but it's speculated he that that it. was, yeah, that's what, that was like, he that was one of his first killings. And that kind of played off of that, too. Like, it played off of, like, that even though she's, like, her mom wasn't a part of the actual, like, 10 killings or whatever it was, eight killings. Yeah. That she knew because she was there and she remembers it, mm. and every but her dad doesn't believe. You know what I mean? It was like some people might see that as like, oh, that's a giant plot hole, but it's like no, that shit actually happens mm. a lot, <laughs> like a lot. You know how many people actually live from serial killers, and then their stories just never told. So like, some of the stuff in the movie, I I, I feel like this movie was meant to be. Hey, you weirdos who like <laughs> true crime and stuff, you'll yeah. get it. But it's also entertaining for those people who don't because yeah. it honestly, like I said, trying to look at it through different lenses, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, well, it's obviously the dad, but how are they going to curve it? Yeah. And then they start curving and you're like, oh, okay. Then you think, how are they going to do it again? Because, you know, those movies like that do it. And I don't know. Honestly, this movie's way better than it should be. And I feel like it's a good f- movie for Halloween that if you don't like a lot of like gore, and you yeah. don't you don't want to see it, but you you still like that that tension and like being like, oh, what's gonna happen? Oh my god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> like That's, um, like, that- like we said all the time with um, my friend Dahmer mm. is that the actual exactly. movie isn't super scary. You're but just like, the oof. the last oh my god Ooh, the, like, like one of the last scenes with his friend yeah. in the house knowing that you know nothing's gonna happen but just it's that idea of like something could yeah it's the idea of that this guy is jeffrey dahmer and he had these these feelings when he was that young and you're just waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and it's just like, oh my god, get out of there, the whole time. And say what you want about that movie, but that payoff is worth it. Yeah, this movie has a lot of that, where you know maybe it's not super intense as that, but you're just waiting, and you're waiting, and it's like, what? And then and then they show you everything, and you're just like, oh. Oh, and then you're, and then you sitting there thinking like, so wait, what's gonna happen? Yeah, because that there's a point. I think there's a point where you have to sit there and think he's gonna get away. Yeah, his son just left. His family's gone. I thought he was gonna kill the. Honestly, I thought he was gonna kill the girl. The um, I thought Cassie. so too. That's what I thought. And then the son would come back, and they, he would just have to live with like, I think my dad's a killer. Which that like see like they could have went so many different ways with this movie and it would and like I would say that the ending's kind of crazy, but like it's also interesting because it's almost it's one of those things where it's like how dark can you get? 
It gets be- really dark. Because they could have easily just called the cops. And yeah. a normal person would have just... Cassie, who has been immersed in these, these, these killings for so long because she wanted to catch the killer, she finally did. And the first thing she does, like, I'm going to call the cops. And he says no. <laughs> and it's just like, like it's it's crazy because then it almost like the cycle never ends. Like we were talking about it, but honestly, they yeah, what he did was horrible, and, and he probably did deserve to die. But they killed him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they went out of their way to to take him to the woods, set it up like he killed himself, and they're just like, yeah, like. That's crazy. Oh, my God. My dad's dead. Oh, no. I am so sad. Oh. Um, honestly, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a surprisingly good movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because we both, I think we both kind of were on the same page of like, because we, were, we weren't sure what movie we were going to review this week. It, for some reason, when I saw the trailer... I was kind of intrigued. And then I told you about the summer of 84 mm. and I, I kind of like that movie. And, and even though I know that movie, honestly, that movie is near, not nearly as good as this movie, but I felt like they kind of had this similar, like, okay, this is what's going on. And so it made me just keep wanting to watch it, but I keep skipping over it, keep skipping over it, keep skipping over. And even when we picked it, we, we didn't even know if it's like, uh, I hope it's not that bad. Yeah, we were just like, man, hopefully this isn't bad. This isn't terrible. But surprisingly, you know what? It's not, it's not that bad. I'd say it's actually pretty, pretty good. good. So it's a definitely thumbs up. Go watch it. Back this movie so hard. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the best movie of no. 2018 or whatever it came out. But it, honestly, it's it's such a great, like, suspenseful horror movie. I think people need to talk about it just a little bit more. Yeah, I think especially when you talk about, like, serial killer type of movies or whatever, mm-hmm. it's easy to just kind of think that they're going to be shitty because that's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> But no, like it's 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 actually done really well. It it's it's a good watch. Like if you're into anything, if you're into any like uh, serial killer type of stuff, and that intrigues you, and you like that whole storytelling, this movie has it. And yeah, I know it's not you know a real person, but they borrow so much from real stories. It's literally like you're watching a real killer. Yeah. So go watch it. Two, two, it's not that bad. Thumbs up. All right, so today's segment, we'll talk about some horror films that changed the landscape of horror the most. If I'm being honest, I think that is too hard to pinpoint because we've talked about it before that... As long as film's been around, like horror film has followed, like horror has followed, and yeah. yeah, I think you know, I think early on you could say, well, it's more like dark gothic themes, but that was still scary. Yeah, um, even like you know, we saw Haxon, and mm. well, that was from what the thirties? No, before that. And you know, yeah, it's not like the scariest movie, but imagine. Imagine being from that time and That's seeing true. like 
That's it's kind of like fucked up, like imagery. <laughs> yeah, because it's like that's how your parents lived back then. <laughs> I mean, my grandma maybe. <laughs> so, I'm I'm not gonna try to be like, well, actually, it's this film from 1919, and uh, it's the first time we saw the word a horror, because I don't know any of that shit. But I'm gonna say like it's probably not the most influential. But I'm going to say that it changed a lot. Um, it's a movie that I think a lot of people would go back to be like, yeah, that's a great horror film. Even today, mm-hmm. it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's true. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's dead quiet. Yeah. And these people are trying to kill you or eat you, I guess. True. And, <clears throat> and especially like... Uh, being someone who who you know learned about film and stuff like that was one of the films that people talk about like look you don't even need like really music to 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 have to like you can music is great to to build uh um suspense and 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 drive a story too but the absence of it also works oh, yeah and i think that that movie especially being what was it 70 that one okay so I think it was 76, 76? because Halloween was 78, because it came out before Halloween. Yeah, and by no means, you know, was that, like, new original, because I think even then, well, Black Christmas was before that. Mm -hmm. And before that was Peeping Tom. Yeah, so by no means, like, was it the most, like, genre-defining movie. But honestly, that movie did something that I felt like a lot of people didn't follow suit, until way later. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it 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 it's something where even yeah, I get it. The, maybe the pre the the not prequels, but um the movies following weren't as great. And even though some of them are good horror films, I feel like that one, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre will go down as like not only one of the greatest films, but probably one of the greatest horror films. And it's it's a movie that you can watch today and still get creeped out. Yeah, it's a movie that, uh, especially like being a small independent filmmaker, you're like, I can make that. Yeah, it, there, there's so much to it. I feel like plays towards um, yeah making that movie matter. It's so unsettling too. Like like you said, without with the lack of the the score and then just the the realness of it. Like they get you like I mean, feeling that world. This is even like. When we were grown ass people <laughs> and we went out of our way to try to find gas. Oh my like remember we just yes. felt like this this could be a Texas chainsaw massacre. Because yeah. we were in the fucking middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that's a there's a building. There's some houses. Like I think this is I think this is okay. So it plays into so much of that stuff. Like, I don't know. I I I know it's not. I I can say like it's not the first horror film or whatever. No, but, but I think that what it did, it did well, and that well maybe it didn't. You know maybe a lot of people didn't try to copy that exact movie right away. But I felt like it was a, a seed that was planted in a no, lot of people's head. Yeah, but you can feel it in other things like The Hills Have Eyes or like um, Wrong Turn. Or something like that, like a hatchet, or something, because you can just feel like you can tell like this is this comes from that, like these film filmmakers saw this film and they're like, oh yeah, I want to do something like that. I think I'm gonna bring up only because 
it literally affects the way that we watch horror for not only a full decade, but almost like two full decades. Uh, but Blair Witch, because that found footage, like mania that we were in for a while. I don't know about us, but I mean, like that. Well, I think it was more producers because they found out like, oh, wait, we can make really cheap films and like they do like really well. Oh, shit. So they just, like, literally, I was watching a thing on Oculus. Mike Flanagan wanted to, he was, like, dead set on making it, like, the way he wanted to make it, like, the way the movie came out. But when he first pitched it, they were like, sounds great. Make it found footage. And it's like, how? How do you make that? Like, like he literally had to explain to them, like, the, the movie has to be subjective. Like, being found footage makes it objective like it literally is the opposite of what this film needs to be and so it's like because like i feel like we barely are starting to get to the end of like i because i think more cheaper made films now are like found footage but like you don't see them as much thank god in theaters anymore because now that i think with like it and like the witch and um hereditary finally like showing that oh you can make horror cinema again like without having to do found footage we, can, we don't have to make it cheap anymore because remember even like a few years ago it was still like as above so below and uh what was the the high school one where the they were doing the play and the hangman or something oh yeah yeah but that like sucked just like the, and there was only like a handful of good ones even coming out from there like Grave Encounters, maybe is it? that's a good one. Well, VHS. Yeah, VHS. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, paranormal. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Uh, by no means was it the first like type of found footage, Mm-mm. but I think it was the first one to take kind of the world by storm, especially being there when it happened. I remember actually being terrified of it because it was like like i know you your brother i I think your family's just full of dicks who like to ruin movies probably but (laughs) with with us who didn't have you know access to internets and what have yous and no one knew that shit existed that we just thought that that was a thing like we're like well they just they, they could just show this they did a really good job with the marketing of presenting that as truth and i remember when they won like the mtv movie award and everyone's like oh like there's people yeah. who were like oh it was fake yeah <laughs> like even then people yeah. were like what I, yeah and like a lot of okay if there's anyone yeah who's like a younger listener it's like we we genuinely like, because they even brought out that documentary. Do you remember watching it? Yeah. Like I remember watching that on Sci-Fi. Like like of the Blair Witch because we thought like that was genuinely like truth. Like they actually made a a documentary about this thing called the Blair Witch, and it was like <laughs> this is so scary. Yeah, I I could see that definitely had an impact. Like you said, especially with this last yeah twenty years or so. Which is, honestly, I mean, as bad as a lot of them can be, the good ones, you know, are worth it. Like, us driving out of our way to go see Paranormal Activity and being like... And and being in that audience, it was was awesome. Like, it was a a great feeling. 
And just uh, being like, remember, like we literally saw it before everyone knew even about it. Just remember, yeah, we had to like vote to get it here. Yeah. Oh man, that was crazy. Honestly, I feel like there's a lot of movies you could say. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I would want to be like, oh, maybe like a, a Dracula movie. Or, um, or I was gonna say, whatever. I was going to say, like, a Saw or Hostel. Because that influenced yeah, things for like a while. Yeah, with, like, and stuff like that. Um, like, you could say something like a Cannibal Holocaust. That's true. Uh, by no means was it the first, like, gore movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the first one. Like, like, like with uh, Blair Witch, it was the first one to get out there. It was yeah, the like, first one was, everyone was talking Because everyone thought it was a snuff film. And, yeah. Because they even went on trial, remember? Yeah. And, and what was it, in France? Because they thought it was so real. Yeah. That they had to even bring in the actress and be like, she's alive. Look it. She's not dead. You watch that movie now and it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course people thought it was real. And that, like, like I said, I think with a lot of, I mean, you could kind of say with a lot of different things where it's like it was kind of nothing in the beginning and then something happens or explodes and everything, you know. So that I think that was definitely the catalyst for like the gore and stuff because, like I said, it existed. We know it existed. We know that there's all these other movies that happened before and prior and after. But honestly, that was probably one of the first movies of its kind of, style where it came out and it was like just gore it was fucked up it 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 was all about shock and you look at something like hostel which is all about gore and shock and how far apart were those movies i don't know like no not 50 years but like 30 30 30 i think it's 30 years maybe but Um, then even look at human centipede like what it pushed it to even further, yeah. like, yeah. Well, like, <clears throat> there's always going to be those movies where they're just they do these things, and you're just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, like I remember, like the audition. I remember uh, hearing about that, and then my brother bought it, and it's just like, do I really want to watch this? Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> fucking torture porn. But um, yeah. I mean, that's something that happened so long ago and we're still seeing the effects and yeah you could say that maybe it's it's not as big as it has been but people still they'll go out of the way to make these type of movies for more like artistic reasons yeah as opposed to just like trying to make gore because i think there was like a there was like from from that that point there was always a flutter of like people trying to make a movie and having gore in there and then people making a gore film but try to make it cohesive yeah because <laughs> i've seen i i wish i could remember the name but um my brother had this this movie and it was about like this japanese uh game show where they took these uh contestants and they let like these these killers out like on loose and so it was all about like oh ripping people's guts off and, really like, yeah, it was it was weird. Like it was meant to be more like gory, silly, but like oh, still okay. gore. You know. Well, see, that's what yeah. I like about uh, Japanese because they feel like they like being silly with things, but it's also like kind of scary. Like with like the the Grudge and like the Ring, while the the Japanese versions, but like where it's like you're uh, you're kind of like is this what it was supposed to be? 
Yeah. It's really kind of terrifying, but at yeah. the same time, it's, it's kind of funny that they're kind of like being kind of like wacky about it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, I think I, I'm not going to say that it's the first horror film, but I would say that if you if, if you would have did this to a, a majority of people and you're like, what do you think is the most classic horror film? I think a lot of people would say Night of the Living Dead. Probably. Yeah. That because like you said, yeah, like I think it had the best like like a wider impact on people than any other film. I think it's because also that like the copyright like the whole and issue the with fact the co- that you could see it everywhere. Yeah, and... that that kind of helped it. Even though it kind of sucks for like um <laughs> George, George Romero. Romero, but I mean it's it's better for us that we can you could literally put it on anywhere and no one can get a copyright from it. Yeah. Uh I think what the movie was about, and yeah, taking that into consideration, I would say like, I, I think most people would probably point to that. Uh, you know, it's one of the first, it's one of the first like zombie movies people talk talk about. A lot of the things that they set up in that movie kind of still continue today. Yeah, um, sure. And in doing something as simple as having like the lead character as a black man, like doesn't it seems so normal today? But back then, there it's like that colored guy can't do that. You look at the end where they they just kill him, and they're like, "Oh, was he one of them?" It's like, "Oh, who cares?" They just burn down the house. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like I feel like he had his heart in the right place, and it just it it snowballed into because yeah, I mean we know it it didn't like it wasn't like the biggest film like it wasn't huge it wasn't like a psycho where people were passing out and theaters and or like an exorcist yeah but it, but what i think is i think what happened was yeah it it did a lot like socially and and just in like the horror genre that when it continued and more people started to see it it was like hey this movie's actually really good <laughs> and yeah i think the fact that you can have more eyes on it it's something that a lot of people have seen. And even if they haven't like seen the whole movie, they know the movie. So I'm going to just throw it out there and say that's probably one, if not the most. Just imagine being George Romero and like you come up with that story and like other people are like, what? That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Watch. It's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty okay hit. I, like I said, I think the question is actually pretty hard to answer because yeah, there's a lot. Like there, I think there's a lot that you could go into your answer, and a lot of people could be right. <laughs> like you could name literally the first any type of horror film and say you're right because yeah, if it, it wasn't for that, who knows? Or what. if it, yeah, yeah, because you could even say like, oh, if it wasn't for like <laughs> Child's Play, we, we wouldn't have the string of like Puppet Masters and. Like the dolls and the, the, you know what I mean? Like, and then even think about like today, like with the, the films that are coming out now, like just think about what that's going to be affecting later. Um, but I mean, let's just, let's just end it there. Uh, yeah. because loaded question, but I, I, I think, um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if anyone else has, you know, something to say about yeah. it, which you can do. By emailing us Ooh. at intbpodcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> or um, 
you could comment, you can DM, you can tag us, whatever, on Instagram and Twitter. Handles at INTB underscore podcast. And if you do any of this stuff, it goes towards our continuous uh, giveaway for this month. Correct. So, um, so if yeah, if you do any of those, if you um, want to go ahead and rate and review us on anywhere that you listen to us, and just you know let us know like how we're doing, even if you're like you guys suck or like you guys are the best or you guys are just fine, you're okay. Um, you know anything? Just you know we want more engagement with you guys. We want you guys to let us know like any anything you guys want us to do on this podcast, we'll do it. Um, so each week we've been giving out like a, a question or like a, a little thing to kind of also help like the juices flowing of like what you can uh, send us through uh, email. And <clears throat> this week we'll do um, what is your scariest story? Just let us know like what is what is the scariest story that you can think of? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's something that you just came you thought of at the top of your head, or you know. Um, like maybe your, your grandma has like, Oh, back in like the old country, there was like this demon that used to come and haunt her and her, her, her dreams. And, you know, then like she moved here and then it stopped happening, but then she met the demon and now they're happily married. I don't know. Something like that. Who knows? But yeah. Um, like I said, it's, it's all month long. So if you didn't do the question last week, you can answer it now and yeah. this week. And I'm going to post those on Twitter. I'm going to repost them and I'll, I'll, I'll get them all out there so then everybody can have time to like answer back and let us know. And I'll let you guys know, like, hey, just let us know. Like, like subscribe, comment, do whatever you can. Come on, you're going to win something if you, you do for it. Come on, come on. Yeah. And uh, if you want to make sure you're getting them every single time, just follow us on any streaming service that you have so you can have the episode right away. Um, like I said, <laughs> we're trying, especially with this giveaway, but it's just, it gets difficult. Yeah. But with that, guys, let's just go ahead and say, as always, remember... It's not that bad.